The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line on WGNS. We're going to be celebrating today. This is the 30th anniversary of the Rutherford County Sheriff's Officers School Resource Officer Program. And we have three people here who can uh, help us with that. Lieutenant Brian Wright's with us. Brian, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Bart. Great to have you here. Sergeant Scott Culp. How are you today, Scott? Good, Bart. How are you? Doing fine. He's fresh back from uh, the, the great race. That's, I don't know <laughs> if it's fresh. I kind of want to go back. It was nice and warm. I, that's right. We've suddenly had a change in weather. Sergeant Irvin Turner is with us also. Irvin, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Good to have you here. And uh, as you look back over 30 years, were, were any of you there on that day when uh, the program began? We're not that old. Okay. <laughs> Truman, I'm hoping Truman they're is listening, listening in, and, and, and he remembers. Yeah, that was Scott Truman. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I remember when it got started. I, I am that old, and I can remember it getting uh, so much uh, interest all over the United States. People were coming here from other states, uh, not just other counties. I mean, other states to see what Rutherford County was doing. I'll bet you that still is happening. It is. It is. We get questions um, off and on about our program. I mean, we're still a a, a role model program in our state and in other states. Um, It's just, I mean, it it still operates the way it was started. And it, it, I mean, it it continues like it was because it, it works. And what is it that makes this different? from other SRO programs. I mean, there, there has to be something because it's working. It hasn't had a lot of tweaking. I mean, it's been working right from the beginning. I know some programs, um, and I, I, you know, I don't know, OT may know a little bit more about this. He's been at other departments. I've been at other department. Um, the uh, biggest thing I think that helps here is the encouragement to be involved in the school community. It's not about being at the school during the day and then go back to being a cop in the afternoon or on the in the weekends and you know the SROs are encouraged to have clubs. They're encouraged to be involved in programs at the school. It um, they earn extra hours by doing that, which allows them to get time off. So if school's out, you know, most SROs can be off. And that I think that in itself is a big draw to the program and a and a one of the biggest questions we get asked by other departments is how does that work? Um, it's it's I know teachers get burnout and need those breaks and SROs do also. And a lot of those departments that put their officers back on patrol when they're not in school, those guys don't get a chance to get that time to just unwind and spend time with your families. And I think that's one of the things that makes our department special. So this is really more in-depth work than being an officer on the streets. I mean, you're you're basically open on call 24-7. Yeah, what we say is that, um, you know, an officer patrols a zone, 
but an SRO's whole community is right there in that building. And where an officer would take a call and then they finish up that call, they go on to another call. They may never see that person that they had that first call with ever again. They may just never run across them. And an SRO, no matter what the situation is, if you have a problem one day, you're going to see those same people the next day and the next day until that family moves on out of your school, whether it's graduation or moving up to another grade. And so you can't just deal with a problem and then not worry about it again. That problem is going to continue on until it's fixed. Let's let's find out what made you want to become an SRO. I guess you had some input into that transition from being an officer to uh, a school resource officer. Uh, Brian, let's start with you. Uh, what made you decide to make that transition? Well, I think you just end up, once you help somebody for the first time and you can help a child or anybody in need, it just it, it puts your heart into it. you got to buy into it. And once you buy into it, uh, you don't want anything else. You know, and like I say, when, when they're doing something, it doesn't matter. if It, it could be their birthday uh, and you know about it and, and you feel involved and uh, or a needy child that, you know, just needs a jacket and you keep up with the family and what's going on with them. They may have lost or had some kind of tragic thing going on in their life. Um, everybody says, you know, you may be having a bad day till you get to school and you see the first child and it just brightens your day up. And if you can make them smile, then I think it, uh, it's warming for everybody. So you're coming out on top every day you go to work then? So. Every day, yeah. You know, I hear people all the time talk about, man, yeah, it was terrible. I had a terrible day at work yesterday. And you don't hear our guys say that at all. Uh, and they do, and they encounter, you know, a lot of stuff, and they hear about what goes on. They stay involved with the families. Uh, anybody that we can help, you know, in that community, we all stick together, and we do fundraisers and stuff for that. Uh, but you always leave once you see that first child you leave with a smile on your face and you're like man i hope i did something today you know to to change his life in in a positive way that Um, was lieutenant brian wright and today we're saluting the school resource officers program with the rutherford county sheriff's office it has uh, been 30 years since it began and you were one of the first in the nation one of the very first sergeant Irvin turner what made you decide I want to be a part of that. Well, for me, Bart, um, it started with uh, knowing that there were two passions that, two passions of mine that I could do in the same place. So, I was already working with, with youth and juveniles um, throughout the community um, in, with another agency, and also being a police officer. So, you're telling me that I can do the same, do two things at the same place, um, two of my big passions, and that that's what the catalyst was for me, just to be able to work with kids and be a police officer at the same time. So um, I was sold on the program immediately after I I learned about it. Did it take any extra training to be an SRO? Yes, sir. We actually go through um, counseling training. Um, There's also uh, a 40-hour course that we have to take to be certified as SROs. And then throughout your career, um, there's several opportunities to go to different conferences, to learn how other agencies do things. go to different um, agencies to learn how they do things, and then we kind of bring those things back and kind of make them, we use them the way, we, you know, to our advantage there for our department. Very good. That was Sergeant Irvin Turner. And let's go now to Sergeant Scott Cup. Scott, tell us what made you decide, uh, that's where I want to be. I was young when I started. I was right out of high school, and so I was still pretty immature, and um, the I 
my my family was pretty conservative. My fam, my mom and dad were my youth leaders at, at church, and so I was very sheltered. And when I started my first day at the sheriff's office in Ohio in the jail, my eyes got open pretty big as to what life was really like outside of my home. And so um, it wasn't but a year and a half, two years later that um, I was my whole family was in, involved in schools. And so I um, had an opportunity to be a dare officer. And that's when I got into schools was teaching dare. And um, there were three of us in the whole county that were spread around all the different schools and traveling around. And it was uh, 22 years ago, I guess I met OT and came down to uh, Rutherford County, moved down here and, and um, we didn't do dare down here at the time we had decided we were going to go our own way and have our own curriculum Mm -hmm. and it's been great since then and so i came down here as an sro went through the training and that so i've been in schools the whole time i've been here it takes a a a different person to be an sro doesn't it from a a regular uniformed officer most people would say it doesn't until they get in school (laughs) and then they realize really quick one of the biggest parts we have that you just can't train anybody on is not only do you still have to be defensive, you have to be protective and watch your back. But at the same time, you've got, you know, Timmy and Sally and all these um, six, seven-year-olds coming up and wanting to hug on you and, and love on you. And so you have to be open and loving at the same time you're still a big bad cop and you're looking for the bad guys and so that is a special kind of mindset that you have to learn and it's almost natural you have to be able to tap into that you mentioned something and anybody else who wants to jump in on this feel free to do it you, you mentioned something i never thought of and you said you have to watch your back and you have to also be ready to have them hug you at the same time <laughs> Uh, to watch to you watch don't know these to watch these big cops and I mean you know none of us here are, are super big but we've got some of these guys that are six foot five and and I, you know I'd love to be that size for a little bit but they <laughs> they walk into these elementary schools and they're giants and to watch them with just these kids just in awe they're a superhero to them and just to love on them and them to sit down and watch them go back to that mindset to where they can read a book to kindergarten and those kids just you know with the stars in their eyes looking at them it's an amazing experience to watch that happen but to know that you've also been in a fight with that guy out on patrol before and that you know he what he, you know what he's capable of the teenager to, or, or whatever the, the, the student the sro oh the sro yeah okay. you know you've worked with them on patrol you've been through bad situations that no one wants to go through and then to watch them open up and be able to experience that is an amazing yeah. amazing thing do you ever have encounters with the students the students that you trust and and how what what does that do negative or positive no, we've well, had both <laughs> um, let's check on the positives in a little bit but the negatives <laughs> you were saying watch your back uh were you ever surprised any of you well i think that just goes to just knowing that that you're there as a protector as um sergeant Cope said so you're, you're there as a protector so you're ready for anything that may come through that door that you may have to deal with that on the negative side of it. Um, so you, you basically have to, you know, be protective of yourself as well and make sure you're there uh, and you, you're able to protect the kids also. And that's the, that's really why you are there to protect them. And yet at the same time, be a positive role model for them. Absolutely. And, and that's one of our, uh, that's what we call uh, our tree there, um, we're, we're counselors, we're officers, um, 
we're also role models. Um, and we also get in to teach classes as, as well. So, and being a role model is, is a real important part of what we do. We hear so much in conversations today about life is rough on teenagers. They don't have uh, sometimes good, strong parental models or, or, or any role models. Uh, they, they get led astray. Is that just, uh, is that something in the movies? Is that Hollywood or is that for real? <laughs> no, it's actually for real. Um, and we spend a lot of time with those kids. We, we call them, you know, just kind of our at, at-risk kids. Um, we spend a lot of time working with them and talking with them. Um, we also involve the families in that as well, um, if the families are willing. Um, there are programs we have set up to help those families out and certainly to help those kids out. Now, is that, uh, I can remember this, like I said, I go way back. Uh, <laughs> Truman used to talk about the boot camp. Do you still have a boot camp for for parents and students? Sergeant Turner's in charge of that. <laughs> yes, sir. That, <laughs> so that that's is the program there. that, that uh, I've been running for the last few years there. So um, it, it used to be called Operation Integrity. We, we, we don't use that name anymore. We've changed it to Reality Check. Um, the Reality Check portion is a classroom um, set up where we come in. If you've ever seen a Scare Straight program on television, that's the Reality Check portion of it. Um, then we also evolved that into a boot camp, which is called Reality Check Boot Camp. So um, we still do that um, with the core system and obviously we know with our schools and things like that with kids who are at risk. So um, we still have that program rolling and still running strong. Is it still prescribed by judges or do parents ever say, I know I'm doing something wrong, but I don't know what it is. Can I get some help in some way? Yes, sir. We still get uh, plenty of calls from parents. Um, we, still, we still get kids from the court system as well. Um, and we also um, have our SROs recommend students sometimes um, when the parents are kind of reaching out to them, um, needing some help um, with their child's behavior, uh, with the child's actions, and, you know, some things that, that are going on with, with that student. Um, and we still we basically take in kids who are kind of on the fence trying to figure out uh, which direction to go in, um, you know, they're going to be on the on the bad side of the fence or the good side of the fence. But, uh, Do they know which is bad and which is good? Uh, sometimes you have to show them a little bit. <laughs> by the end of the day, they've usually yeah. figured it they out. They figured it out by the end of the day. <laughs> Deep down, they know, but they don't want to admit it, maybe. Right. Yes. yes, sir. That's right. So I guess they see their friends doing both sides, and they're 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 sort of torn between, and, and I guess they see big money. Uh, in the wrong side. Yeah, there's that. And I think sometimes it's just that they feel like life wasn't fair to them. Mm -hmm. And so they've got to show out and try to just, it's, you know, it may not even be an intentional reaction. It's, it's deep down psychological. They just are reacting that way. And sometimes you just have to wake them up and remind them that, you know, this isn't really the way you want to go. And we all have bad things that happen to us. You just have to, you know, deal with that and move on, learn from it. Right. And peer pressure still exists. That's that's never going away. Probably exists more than it used to with social media now. Uh, social media will probably be our, our number one foe, I guess. Well, yeah, they get it's, they it's don't just they don't it always really have is. pressure from their own friends at school. Mm-hmm. It's from kids in other schools from other states that they don't even know that wow. they would consider themselves friends with because they're friends online. I wonder if we'll ever be able to control social media or curb it or we wish they would ban the smartphone you know we're not saying you don't have a phone they get flip phones out there but the smartphone seems like every problem we have run into it started somewhere with a smartphone 
so a computer, portable computer with you is a little it's, more than they can handle. It's unbelievable the stuff that they can do today that we didn't have, you know. When uh, we we act like it's a it's a child, just they're not mature enough. But we've all been on social media and seen the adults do the same thing. So I'm not sure that it's just a child problem. The apple didn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> well, aren't there some countries that don't allow social media or have curbed it quite a bit? They have. They they've banned uh, smartphones in some school districts. Uh, you oh, know, really? across the country, but here you know, in the United States, yeah, but it hadn't happened here, so uh, that's one thing we <laughs> when you read about those or when you talk to folks who are in those areas, uh, how is it working? I mean, are, are the people accepting it or do they? I saw, so I guess it's in Alabama, Birmingham's got one where you come in and you put your phone uh, in a box, you know, right. and at the end of the day they come back. And the numbers have went way up. And the, some of the kids were mad about it first, you know. It was like, well, I can't play on my phone all day. And that's the whole point. You know, that's why you're here. The grades have gone up? The grades have gone up. They're not uh, distracted by, you know, the phone, the smartphone sitting there on all day. I mean, if it's not games they're playing or looking at, you know, Facebook or whatever's on there at the time or whatever app they're on, uh, it's taking that attention away from what the teacher's telling them, you know. And, uh, I think we could all relate to that. I mean, I really do. It's, it's like telephone calls. I can remember, doesn't seem that long ago if you – went into a place for a business meeting or went into a place for lunch the world didn't end if you didn't get connected to a phone call you just left home and you didn't get a call until you got home and had a voicemail and 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 it still worked out it was yeah it was yeah looking back at it it was a pretty good time you know, and even driving today, you know, every every time you pull up to a light or pull up beside a car, you look over and they're on the phone. Uh, now, that is a real problem because young people, uh, not that older people have all of this experience, but they do have more driving experience. So you have driving experience, you have less driving experience with teens, and they're also using the smartphones. That's a bad combination. Yeah, they, they need to come out where the car won't move if the phone's on, you know, or something. Uh, and they can do it. I mean, everything else, you know, we put a, a phone in their hands. I don't remember. I think it was 07s when the smartphone came out. And I know that uh, Verizon and those guys, they, you know, got the lobbyists to keep it going for a few more years. And I think there's no telling how many phones were sold during that time and how many kids were texting everything about their life to whoever you know and then you put them in the car you know like you say when they turn 16 they're driving that that priority is is the phone you know it's it's all they think about what's going on well they say money talks and some companies have the money to talk yeah we're gonna pause for just a moment check on the traffic and weather when we get back we're gonna talk with these guys about uh, some of the the moments that really pulled at their heartstrings be thinking about that some things that you've been uh brought into that uh, you'd like to share with us don't share the details but uh maybe you've uh, gone to a wedding maybe you've gone to a funeral uh both ends happy and sad we'll be right back Good Neighbor Talk covers issues you won't hear anywhere else. They're local issues. WTNS, AM, AM, FM, FM, online. 
Good morning. Still quite a bit of volume right now. Coming in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, towards Nashville on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area. Still heavy traffic uh, through the Mount Julian area right now into Hermitage on 40 going westbound all the way up to Donaldson Pike. Uh, coming in from the west side of town, that's still a little bit slow. It seemed like they're on 40 eastbound right in the Kingston Springs area. Keep that in mind if you're coming in from Dixon County. Nash Painting is Middle Tennessee's most professional painting company, both commercial and residential. Check them out today at nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the low 70s. Southwest winds around 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, increasing cloud cover, low near 52. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 42. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by anytime today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. Oh, I want to say congratulations to the Demas family for having their restaurant chosen as one of the top workplaces in the whole state. And as a reward for the employees over there, they're going to be closing on the 29th of this month, that one day only, which is a Sunday, so that uh, the employees can know that they are very much appreciated. Hi, this is Amanda at Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. We have all the items needed to spoil your pet, toys, food, treats, and more. Whether you're a new pet parent or a very experienced one, you'll find the items and help you need here at Animal City. We are proud and thankful to be celebrating our 33rd year in the Murfreesboro community. That's Animal City. We're at 919 Northwest Broad Street, right here in Murfreesboro. Please check out our Facebook page. All that's news, your afternoon local news, traffic, and weather update with Matt Lane. Weekday afternoons, 440 until all sports talk on News Radio WGNS. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. If you want to text a question in, we do take text questions. 615-893-1450. We are celebrating the 30th anniversary of the School Resource Officers Program with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Big celebration going on, a lot to be thankful for. Right now, I want to say happy birthday to Jamisha Benford. Jamisha is the winner of the banana pudding this morning from Slick Pig Barbecue. Benisha, happy birthday to you. Also, our good neighbor of the day is Michelle at Panera Bread over on the Old Fort Parkway. Always a big smile on her face, and uh, somebody said that Whenever you go in, even if you're feeling bad, you'll feel happy when you leave because Michelle just sort of perks you up. She'll be getting flowers from Ryan's Flower Coffee and Gifts. Jenny Harrison and the family over at Ryan's, always making people happy. Our guest this morning on the program, Sergeant Scott Kopp, Sergeant Irvin Turner, and Lieutenant Brian Wright from the School Resource Officers Program at the Sheriff's Office. 
And when we began this break, we said we were going to come back and each one we were going to ask you to share some of the positive moments and maybe some of the uh, sadder moments that have impacted your life as a school resource officer. And uh, Sergeant Cup, let's let's start with you. Um, just to, I mean, yes, I've been in the county for 22 years as a resource officer, and um, over that time, we've had, you know, there's unfortunately there's suicides and there's car accidents, and and so losing a student. Um, is hard on the whole family, the community. Um, it's devastating. And I know as an SRO, I've never forgotten those students. Um, and every once in a while, something always reminds you of something, you know, you, you, there's a lot of students in a school that go through a school while you're there and you try to get to know them all some way or another. You don't always remember the names, but hopefully you remember the faces. And, um, yeah, so, um, it, you were talking about weddings and funerals and, and, um, just it, unfortunately last year, fortunately and unfortunately, I, I had a funeral for one of our, um, graduate students that had been out of school for a couple of years, killed in a car wreck. Um, that was, it was hard to go to and, and see the family again after a couple of years, a, a situation like that. But at the same time, we had, um, two of our kids that have graduated, get married and, and my wife and I got invited to the weddings and it was great to see everybody again. And so yeah just the every day there's goods and bads um you think you're having a bad day from a phone call or something and then all of a sudden a little kid comes you know one of the kids comes up and just smiles at you and says hi um changes it all but it the extremes happen and one thing you've mentioned too it sounds like uh, you're included as a member of the family it depends on you know some kids that happens they just are part of you know we've got that car club that we talk about every time we're on here and um you you travel around and you get involved in these kids um we've got football coaches as sros we've got um all kinds of clubs and activities and you get involved with those students very close you get to know the families and and so yeah you kind of become a friend of the family and part of the family sergeant Irvin turner share with us your stories well, um, just to kind of piggyback off what Scott just said, I, I've been, um, you know, had situations where I had kids to commit suicide. I've had kids to die in car accidents. Um, and those sermons were really, really tough. And it was really tough to, you know, speak to those parents and give them your condolences. Um, it, it's really tough to deal with that. Um, and it's really tough on our, our school and, and the community as well. Um, on the flip side of that, though, I've had a lot of positive experiences. Um just kind of bring a couple of things full circle. I um, met with a young man last week um, that came through boot camp program a few years ago. Uh, he will be graduating from MTSU here in December. So real happy to meet, see him at the football game a couple um, weeks ago. We also have a young lady that's now working at the sheriff department who actually came through our program as well. Um, and she was very uh, eager to share her stories with a group of kids that we took through the boot camp program a couple of weeks ago. So um, to see her come full circle and say, hey, I went through the program, you, you know, you guys can be successful. You can, you know, change your life and change some things around. So those things have been really positive. And, and uh, to meet that young lady a couple of weeks ago was, was pretty big for me. So that's real tangible proof that it works. Absolutely. Very good. Uh, let's go over and uh, talk with Lieutenant Brian Wright. Tell us your story. So, so now looking back, you know, we're in the 30th year. It's not only... Uh, this gen we're in about the third gen some of these guys now are seeing grandkids that had them and it's like 
my granddad said you were his SRO. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And, and you know, and you go back, young, but you are. Yeah, it does. It's, it's no different than the patrol guy. They're dealing with, uh, you know, dealt with their dad, and now they're dealing with their kids, and you know where they live. They took part in that. Same thing we do in the schools. Uh, you know, you take part with the family, and next thing you know, uh, it's somebody's grandkid coming through and telling you that. And it makes you makes you feel good because they did that. You put a positive impression on them. And hopefully that helped somewhere down the line oh, yeah. uh, where, where they're yeah. at today. And uh, actually, we've got some guys working for us now that uh, everybody had, you know, had an SRO. You know, we, we, they tell us they're, how old they are, and we're like, what? 20, 22, 23 again? And we're all, you know, we're over the 50 mark, and it's like, man, I can't believe it's been that, that quick, but it does. And Well, uh, we have, I don't know the count, <laughs> but we have several SROs that were – in our students in schools with some of us yeah yeah, yeah. that's right so that's that's the biggest compliment that they wanted to make it their profession yes yeah, yeah mean, we have one yeah. in particular ot had as a student who his whole going life as a high school student was to be a sro absolutely was it that way in the beginning or did he look at as the sheriff's office as maybe being afraid of them well he actually started in one of our youth programs at the sheriff department and it just kind of carried over from there um and he wanted to be a police officer and, and okay. now he's an sro so it was just kind of a big deal for him to come in and, and that's what his goal was you know from a young teenager so his dream has been achieved absolutely yes sir <laughs> to be like ot yeah <laughs> thank you scott yeah <laughs> that that is so neat now the thing i'm hearing over and over as you mentioned these things there were three things that have two things you've mentioned one we haven't mentioned suicides tragic car crashes Mm -hmm. and drugs Mm -hmm. we we haven't talked about drugs but uh of those three things are those the three main things that are your problems that are creating your problems suicides car crashes drugs or is there something else out there well, I, th- I think when you talk about those three things, uh, I think drugs is probably going to be your, your biggest um, problem there um, just because they're so easy to get now um, and, and kids are starting younger and younger. Um, and make no mistake about it, some of these companies, um, they actually market products mm-hmm. um, that mimic drugs. And, and of course, that um, leads a young person to you know believe these drugs are okay and they go out and start trying things, and they try them earlier, and, and then we end up with a, a, a big issue. How young are they? Um, we've had them as, as young as some, some elementary kids to um, wow. experiment with some things and um, got a few bad stories about that, but um, we know that they start as young as, as you know elementary kids. And we're back to money. We, we said a little while ago, money speaks volumes. That's why it's going to be hard to get rid of social media because of the money behind it and the money that they're making they're making billions and i guess it's that way with drugs too money is the motivating factor absolutely and some of the 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 vaping products that um, these companies produce um, like i said they mimic drugs and of course they can use drugs through these products and so the companies know that and they market them to young people by the um, just by the way they make them Um, some of them look like pencils. Uh, mm. Some of them look like erasers. Look, looks like things that you would just use in an everyday school setting. Um, but it happens to be some type of product that you can actually use drugs in. 
So they're wanting it to be disguised so you don't take it away. Absolutely, and, and that directly markets um, our kids. What are the kids? I mean, obviously they must recognize that. Or do they, you, you, you said just a moment ago that they thought that it was okay. Well, when it looks like it's harmless and, and you're a child and you don't know any better, um, chances are you're going to think it's okay for you. And especially if older kids are doing it around Absolutely. you and you're seeing and that. They're, and the older kids are the role models. Sisters yeah. Or, siblings. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, we have to be careful of who is our role model. Uh, what do you do in that case? I mean, you're trying to show the kids what's right and wrong, things to be concerned with. And really, it's, it's the world around us. It's these people selling vaping products. But it's also your brothers, your sisters, who are showing you, it's okay i'm doing it and and maybe maybe even the parents saying i i, I use it so you see me and it you, but, you're not saying that it's okay but they are witnessing you right and the parents they've got to stay on stay on their children know where they're at and what they're doing who they're with they always said the iq dropped and there was three or more uh and that could be true i don't know where they get the numbers from <laughs> but uh that's something that the parents have got to stay involved uh, be on top of their phone, see what, you know, apps they're using and where they're going. Um, they have stuff out there now, I know, to prevent your parents from looking. And if there's any way we can help or the school can help, because, you know, the guys in the high school see everything uh, as far as the phones. And he, these kids today can pull you out and show it, and that goes back to building relationships with them. Uh, the better relationship you have with them, the more of a heads up we get on stuff, you know, and, that's spending extra time with them after school, weekends, all the above, you know. They're selling cookies at school. Uh, I don't know how many cookies some of our guys have bought over the years, but it was, you know, just to build some kind of relationship with them, and sometimes that's all it took. And um, yeah, just let them know. I don't know how there. many times we've been on diets or low-carbon <laughs> yeah. and yeah. cookies and they have yeah. bake sales yeah. and they have candy bar sales yeah. and you end up with a ton of stuff you're taking home. Yeah. They never have vegetable yeah. sales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my family now, yeah, I put those out at Thanksgiving. They're wondering where I'm getting them. Yeah. But, uh, hey, we're doing a cookie dough sale right now at Siegel yeah. Middle that's School. Right. So I, I that's know. a plug in there. Yeah. Are you at Siegel? Yeah, that, that's one of my offices, yes, sir. Siegel Middle School. Okay, because I had a kid come by our house the other day. Selling cookie dough. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, it's hey, good, good job, young there. man. And, and, yeah. and we bought some. It's so, good stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, it's out there. But but we did it as kids, too. We right. sold, well, we sold magazines and stuff kids. like that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All Wrapping sorts of, paper. Yeah. We had to do. You had to do fundraisers and stuff back then. And you uh, still do. Yeah, still doing them. Uh, that stuff, you know. We try to promote or help if somebody's doing it. You know, it doesn't matter what school it is, if it's ours or on the other side of the county, uh, and they let us know, we always try to participate in it. You know? I think it, it's, it trains the kids to do something positive. Yeah. Yeah. This young man who came to our door, we didn't know him, but he was knocking at the door, very yeah. polite. And I thought, this is really neat. I mean, yeah. he's learning how to meet people that he does not know. I mean, that's a cold And it's not call. on a phone. Yeah, it's yeah. not on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> He's having a conversation. He can with put you yeah. hold it. Yeah. A real right. conversation. Yes, sir. Uh, let me ask you this, because I keep thinking back to uh, to to your comment, uh, 
and and that is Birmingham, Alabama, saying you can't use smartphones and you have to put them in the box when you get into school and the grades have gone up. I, I was thinking if we wanted to do something like that here in our area, is that a state issue or is it a local issue? And if it's Birmingham, it must be a local issue. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They were one of the ones to, you know, to pioneer the program and, and start it out. And it was on maybe 60 Minutes or one of those shows, and it showed how they how they did it. And they came in and they put them in a box, and then they got them back at the end of the day. And the numbers they show were kids' grades were going up because you know testing is one thing here, and it just you know some people don't test well, some do, and then. I don't know how it really affects them in life, you know, just because the test went bad. They may be smart, but just, you know. It'd be uh, interesting to see how that played out, to how long it took that to happen and how it played out to get it done. I know that, um, you know, culture today is, is trying to get more buy-in from parents and education. Yeah. Um, we've seen over the years the positive outcomes that can bring and you know it takes buy-in from the parents the parents have to understand i don't know how many times we've been in dis discipline issues and you know the school or watching and the the there was a problem with a phone and the school took up the phone and it's the parents that are complaining because their kid needs that phone mm -hmm. and that's even an elementary school that you know the parents insist that that kid has that phone so they can get a hold of them and you know, I remember in the day when we were in school, we didn't have cell phones. If you, if mom or dad needed to get a hold of school, they'd call the office. And that's, you know, those phones are still there. We have a text here from a listener who says, I'm one of those people who wants their child to have a phone because I fear that my child might be hurt in school. So, you know, I've, for years, I've been talking to schools, and I know these guys have too, about um, there's always, you've got a teacher. If you can't trust the teacher in your kid's classroom, then why do you have them in that classroom? And from all the schools I've been at, and I can't say there hasn't been a bad teacher over the 20 some years that, and even 30 years that I've been doing this, but n the majority, the greatest majority of teachers want to help kids. They're in that career because of a, it's not the money. It's not the holidays. I'm married to a teacher. I know it's not the money, um, but they're there because that's their goal. That's their dream in life. Same as us, you know, that we feel that God has put us here for a reason. And that's, and so those teachers watch out for those kids and they're like their own kids while they're in class. And when they get hurt or something happens, they're looking out for that kid. They're there to help that kid that a, you know, a kid texting mom and saying that something bad has happened is it creates an environment where, you know, sometimes those kids may be exaggerating. Um, we see that all the time with social media threats where the threat isn't really an issue it's we already know what's going on the school already knows what's going on but the child is texting mom to come get them we find out later maybe they didn't have their homework done or whatever they just didn't want to be there that day mm -hmm. and so they kind of build it up to make it seem a little bigger and parents often find that out later but um you know the adults are have the ability to get a hold of parents that and parents need to stay in contact with teachers you know they have that avenue build that relationship with that with your child's teacher but it a cell phone on a kid in school doesn't really help the kid it kind of distracts them 
Here's another question from a listener who says, I think that the COVID situation, the pandemic, without going to school for so long, sort of hurt the schools. They said, I know my child has come up with all sorts of reasons that they don't feel safe going back to school. And now there's a virtual school that's available and they're taking that. I'm concerned that without the human contact with other students, my child is going to be missing something, but he's going to virtual school. Uh, what would you say on that? Well, that I totally agree with, um, with with her comment there. And just last week I dealt with a situation where we had a student to come back to school after being uh, away for some time um, in the virtual situation, in vir- virtual school. Um, and the human relationship and contact is... is we're having an issue with that. We're struggling with that right now just because of that lack of communication, the, the lack of human contact. So uh, I think that that comment is exactly right. We do have issues with that when they do return back to school. So it's it's good to have human contact, not just a computer contact. Absolutely. And, and we found that. And, and like just like Scott, you know, we, we've, we've been doing this for a while. So, you know, we have students who've been away from school for whatever reason. Um, and you know when they come back, um, sometimes the behavior is not necessarily where it needs to be. Um, the interaction with adults is not necessarily where it needs to be, and, and surely the, the interaction with their peers is not where it needs to be. So um, we spend a little bit of time getting them back on track, um, and a lot of times the SRO was a big part of that. Here's an interesting question from another listener. This one is asking. Uh, they say they're hearing all sorts about uh, gang activities in school or maybe not gangs but gang wannabes is that something to be concerned with or is that a child's imagination so i'll I'll address this i don't know that it's a child's imagination but it's certainly not as bad as what you hear um you people have to remember and i have to remind myself too if you turn on the news or read the paper you're going to see the negative things um i know we as a society try to push some positives out there but most of news is negative it's the bad things that have happened in our communities and um so i can't say i mean we do have some kids that uh, that you know want to be in gangs or have siblings that have been in gangs or they talk like they're in gangs but um when you envision gangs as a, a general person you think of you know the streets of new york city with the mafia or whatever that it's just controlling the school and that is not the case um i will say that the administrators and the sros at the schools have a good ear to the tracks and they know who those kids are and they watch Mm -hmm. those kids and they keep an eye that the most of those kids need an education too and they know that um most of these kids know that without that diploma life is different for them than it needs to be and so it's just a matter of working with those kids too to try to get them through that to get that diploma and and you know some of our kids aren't raised in the best neighborhoods and in the best communities and that's a survival trait that they've learned and it doesn't mean that they're bad kids it's just that's the environment that they're in and um it's kind of the whole school and community's job to kind of bring the good parts back out of those kids We're hearing 30 years of experience. That's how long the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office School Resource Officers Program has been in place. We're hearing that this morning. We will continue in a moment. Overnight, Good Neighbor Talk turns the UFOs, aliens, the unknown. It's coast-to-coast AM overnight every night on WGNS Murfreesboro. 
talking with customers of Jeff's Family Friendly Restaurant on Hancock Street about why they keep coming back. It is excellent, very good food. It's kind of like eating at home. Real nice folks here. So good. So much food at Jeff's, you'll have a hard time cleaning your plate. Food is great. Oh, this is great food. Give you an ample amount. They season it well and give you enough that you don't have to worry about going away hungry. Come hungry to Jeff's Family Friendly Restaurant on Hancock Street. This is great. I love it. Really good. Glad I came today. Jeff's Family Friendly Restaurant on Hancock Street. Hi, this is Mike Cutter. I am the owner of the award-winning family-owned home care agency, Honey Hill Home Care. Are you or a loved one in need of a reliable, compassionate caregiver? We take the time to match our experienced caregivers with your family member to ensure a comfortable and lasting bond. With us, you can have peace of mind knowing your loved one will receive exceptional assistance, monitoring, and companionship from a trusted caregiver they can rely on. Honey Hill has been the trusted source for home care for hundreds of families in Rutherford County over the last seven years. Learn more at HoneyHillHC.com. Novatech, Middle Tennessee's local office technology and document solutions expert. Visit Novatech.net. That's Novatech.net. Novatech reflects the additional managed IT and print services now available to area businesses. Novatech's IT and print services provide businesses with a free cost analysis so you may easily choose the exact solutions to meet your needs within your budget. Visit Novatech.net. That's Novatech.net. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Adam's Place was a very, very good thing for us to do at our ages or earlier because I would have been more able to do a lot of the things that are here for us to help us keep feeling younger. Now, consider this. I saw this young lady with her father. She said, yeah, I'm trying to convince my dad that it's better to move in five years earlier than five minutes too late. I'm Terry Deal. Call me about Adam's Place, 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Call Adam's Place today, 615-904-9111. Middle Tennessee football and basketball games are right here. This is Chip Walters on Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. MTSU Sports on WGNS. And we're almost at the end of our broadcast. We're talking about 30 years anniversary for the School Resource Officer Program, one of the oldest in the nation, started right here at the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. With 30 years and an anniversary, there are bound to be some big events commemorating that. Uh, Share with us some of these that are coming up. So we have uh, October 20th, Seagulls playing Riverdale at the football game on a Friday night. And uh, the first SROs that uh, Truman had, you know, hired back in the day, uh, we've talked to them, we'll all be there. And that was uh, Barry Benham, uh, Bill Kennedy, Phil Brooks, Dan Gilwin, and Bill West. And uh, those guys are remarkable. Uh, what they started and what they've done and where they are today you know i think we've got uh close to closing in on 70 wow 68 68 and uh we still got a few spots uh, if anybody's interested out there you know <laughs> we're <higher. laughs> so yeah, and but, that date on that again yeah so it's october 20th uh this roughly friday. this friday yeah and then the week after that the 27th at rockville high 
they're doing well on that side of town. And basically before the game, they're going to come out and uh, bring the game ball in and celebrate and, you know, do a little thing for them. I guess it lasts a couple of minutes before the game starts. But uh, just recognizing uh, the program and where we are today. And We've got uh, challenge coins I think yeah. they're making, and uh, we've got um, – some sweatshirts and different things yeah. that are being done. So there's, it's still in the works. We're still inventing things, but it's, we've got the rest of the year. So Truman's going to be at some of those events too. We're hoping. Yeah, okay. we're hoping he comes. <laughs> uh, so he definitely uh, was one, you know, the main factors in that. So we hope he's there. Uh, maybe Barry will bring you. Well, but, I want uh, to say a special thank you this morning to Lieutenant Brian Wright, Sergeant Scott Culp and Sergeant Irvin Turner, thank you for taking time to be with us. But even more important, thank you for all that you do to make this a better community. Thanks again. The School Resource Officer Program, 30 years. What a great anniversary. You've heard a wonderful story this morning, and I think you have a feeling of why it has been successful. Stay with us, much more to come, right here on your good neighbor station. Chip is with us next.